Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged. This is Josh Wander from Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. I'm here for another great episode with uh, my co-host, Rabbi Moshe Lichtman of Beit Shemesh. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. We have a great show on tap for you today, uh, so stick with us. Yes, we're really looking forward to this one. This is an exciting show, and of course, Israel Unplugged is where you get the unadulterated facts of where we're holding in the redemptive process, focusing primarily on the ingathering of the exiles. And here we are gathering in the exiles. Our host, our, sorry, our host, our guest today is going to be uh, a young lady. We're going to introduce her uh, when she comes on. And she has an amazing idea for helping not only integrate teens into uh, and that have made Aliyah into the country, but uh, keeping them here and, and giving them the tools that it takes in order to understand why it is so important to be here in Eretz Israel today. Um, this is a live show, so we encourage you to call in. If you are unfortunate enough to be stuck in North America, then I would uh, ask you to call in. Our number is 301-768-4841. Again, it's 301-768-4841. If you're fortunate enough to be here in the Holy Land, the land of Eretz Israel, then I encourage you to call in also at the number 02-650-0151, uh, We also encourage you to go to our websites. Rabbi Lichtman's website is toratzion.com. .com, right. And, uh, and mine is uh, bringthemhome.org.il, can also be found on itstimetoleave.com. So go there. We also encourage you to check out our YouTube channel, um, Israel Torah, which has hundreds of incredible uh, videos. We encourage you to press on the, the like buttons, uh, make sure to subscribe and press notifications. That helps our algorithm and helps us get that message out to more people. So stick with us. We are going to be back for a great show, great guest. And as always, we want you to call in and be part of it. And we want you to come home. So stick with us and we will be right back. Israel is located in one of the most volatile areas in the world. Israel is an island of stability and a sea of war and unrest. In the midst of this turmoil, Israel stands out as a beacon of order and human progress. Each week we update you on what's happening in this, the Jewish state, a true light unto the nations. This is Jay Shapiro. Join me every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged. Again, this is Josh Wander from Yerushalayim. And as promised, we have an amazing 
young lady who is our guest today. Her name is Sipora Felsenthal, and uh, she started an amazing project, uh, which she calls the Teen Survival Guide to Aliyah. Sipora, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Tell me a little bit about how this all came about. What what inspired you to start this? So I made Aliyah when I was 14 with my family, and it was quite challenging, to say the least, with everything going on, the Hebrew, the cultural difference, friends. And uh, because I went through it, I realized that I know what the challenges are and I can do something about it. And so I always wanted to, I wanted to do something to get back. I was looking at different Shirat Lomi jobs, um, but I didn't really see anything that I felt was going to um, satisfy me to be happy doing and to see what I can really give. I think that Hashem gives everyone a package, right? And in each person's package are personality traits and people's experiences, challenges that they go through, talents, and but we're each supposed to take what makes us unique and see how can we contribute that to the world. So I felt that for me, this, this, my way of doing that was to make this project, which is a website to help Olin who make Aliyah in high school. So our organization in this show, it's, their mission are uh, basically to reach out to Jews around the world that are abroad and try to educate and inform them about the importance of living in Eretz Yisrael today, but you're doing something that's quite unique. You're trying to educate and inform Jews, specifically uh, the niche of teen Jews that are here already in the country. And I remember we spoke before the show and you told me something which was, uh, which sort of uh, was a little bit shocking to me. You said that, repeat this again, you, you said that you were for, not you, but teens are forced into Aliyah. Can you just explain what that means? Yeah, a lot of times, they come because of their families. Their parents are making them come here, but it wasn't their own choice. So they're not yet living on their own where they can really get to live um, independently. And so they join along with their family, um, but it wasn't their own choice. So they're missing so that not... connection piece. Go ahead, Rabbi Moshe. Oh, so I was going to say, so the um, not only is it not their choice, but uh, it was against their will. Uh, you know, they had all their friends, everything was going great for them, and uh, all of a sudden their parents, <laughs> who were very idealistic and, uh, let, let's call it, were bit, bitten by the bug, uh, they wanted mm-hmm. to make Aliyah, but the children were not yet into it, and that's what, you've, that's what you're here for, to help those ch- children maybe understand why their parents did it. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the website. So tell okay. us a little bit more about the website. What 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 is that? What does the website offer to teens that uh, are reaching out and are interested in learning more? Okay, so part of the website, as what you both were saying before, is that a lot of times when teens come, then they come because of their parents, not because of their own choices, and so they are just seeing all the negativity that surrounds them, and they don't have their own connection um, to the lines of Israel, and they don't they end up moving back for that reason. And so one of the pages is a blog about what is so special and holy about Eretz Yisrael. And in this way, they can see um, in general, like what is so special that people are, 
working with Sarah Nefesh and coming in, and like why did Moshe Rabbeinu, right? He davened again and again and again to try to come in. Um, and so this blog is sharing this information of what is so special, and it has also people's personal experiences of what how they connect to the land. Um, it has from Olim themselves and and contents from all different types of of things. Um, another page is I found that when and a lot of the information I got for this website it was because of the experiences that I went through. But I also put out a survey to see if they aligned with a lot of other Olim. Like just because I went through these challenges, do they really match up with everyone else? Um, and it was very interesting because a, a lot of the feedback was the same. Um, so another page is on information for Tinolim on the to navigate the Israeli school system. It's very different from America, and a lot of times the schools don't really know how to help these students. Um, they don't know all the benefits that they deserve, um, the help that they the help that they can get, and also in general, like what are bagriot, for example, what is a magen and all these terms, um, and so this page literally goes through what all this stuff is. Um, there's more pages, like also when only move, a lot of times parents think to send their kids to, to go to a more Anglo type of community, since they're coming with older kids, then they find that it's at least they'll socially, they'll, they'll um, be with Americans. Um, but on the flip side, they don't really get to integrate into Israeli society. So, this page is an Israeli pen pal where I'm in contact with Israelis from not just Israelis that are necessarily in the same community, but people from up north, down south, in Kibbutzim, um, Steirot, for example. And in this way, they can actually learn about Israeli life, Israeli, Israeli culture that's outside of their Beit Shemesh, Renana, Anglo type community. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. And you also have a Chavruta program as well. Yeah, so there's another page um, where when Olim are coming at such a later age, then they're busy catching up on Bagriot and and dealing with all the social pressure and learning Hebrew. And so for them, at least for a lot of Olim, spirituality is, is not on the top priority list when it comes to all these tests that are coming up. Um, and so they're really missing out and... Uh, this page is a way for them to have a tour environment, to have something on the side when they're not getting that in school with the rest of their friends that are getting. So for those people in the audience that are not aware of what Bagriot are, it's a uh, high school matriculation exams that are required here uh, by the government for people that are going through the school system here. And a lot of uh, students that are coming, uh, especially teens that are coming in those years of high school, uh, all of a sudden, they're thrown into the school system. They have to challenge, uh, as Tapar mentioned, of having a language barrier. Uh, even if they spoke some Hebrew before, it's not going to be 100%. They have the challenges, the cultural challenges. And in addition to that, they have this matriculation test that they have to be taking uh, during their high school years. And that makes it that much more difficult. Today, we do have, and I sent my kids, uh, a number of my kids to this school, they have an English language high school in uh, Jerusalem called YTA, both for boys and for girls. And uh, so it makes it a little bit easier for some, but uh, many places in the country do do not have those resources. 
And uh, I think this is an amazing, amazing opportunity. I, I want to also say, Sipara, that I think that this is not, I know that your target audience are teens, but I'm looking through the site now and I'm thinking as a, as a parent of teens, this also has a lot of resources which would come into handy. Yes, definitely. I think for a parent to help their child, then they can also learn about this information. And even there's another page I didn't mention that was advice from different teens who made Aliyah at a later age um, from all over, and it's their best pieces. I felt that the best information I got um, when I was in the in high school was getting advice from teens who made Aliyah themselves. And so by reading through these, even parents can somehow help their kids um, with different ideas of how they can succeed and go through with it. What uh, kind of feedback have you gotten, if any, from uh, from teens, from parents, from people that have seen the website? How long has the website been up, and, and what kind of feedback, if any, have you received so far? So the website has been up for about three months. Um, it's relatively new. And so once in a while I'm getting subscribers. I have um, an option for people to, to, to subscribe so that whenever I update content and put out another post on the Israel blog, um, they'll get to see that and stay updated on that. Um, and so the feedback I've been getting was I'm partnering up with different organizations and, uh, like, exchanging links on different websites. Um, there was one person who called for, who asked me to speak to their son who was having a hard time and um, trying to think what else. I mean that yeah. that in of itself is 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 amazing. You could really you could really save. You know, we always talk about like Josh said. You know, getting people to come here, but it's not enough because they also you have to also get them to stay here. Um, and and if one child leaves, very often the whole family leaves. So what you're doing is really of paramount importance. It's it could really really save so many people who are who are going through hard times um and uh so you know call a kavod you no question about it you uh you're getting your uh, points up in shamayim for this one and up in heaven uh for 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 this Thank initiative you. that you ha- that you have done um you know if you can we'd, we'd love for you to stay for the next segment because we soon are going to be going to a break but i i want to i want to maybe just you know uh, pose the question um, and then we'll discuss it right after the break. Uh, the question is, okay, you're here to help those who have already, you know, made Aliyah. But the question is, do you recommend families seeing what you, knowing what you know, do you recommend that families make Aliyah when they have older children? Um, you know, is this, is this the best way to go about it? I think we'd all agree that right. it's not. Uh, but uh, you know some advice in terms of that and uh, but again we'll we'll get to this right after the break because we're right now going on break everyone stick with us and don't go anywhere The Tamar Yona Show. Tamar, she's sassy. She's smart. She's funny. But she's also a real Jewish mother. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Tamar Yona. And yes, I can be all of those things. But at Israel News Talk Radio, I'm here to bring you the news stories and guests that you may not hear anywhere else. Join me live on air Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays for the most unique and bold talk radio in Israel. The Tamar Yona Show. Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged, and we are here with Sipora Felsenthal, who has uh, started an amazing uh, website called Teen Survival Guide to Aliyah, I think, yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, everyone should visit the website, it's an amazing website. And um, <clears throat> right before the break, I asked a question, or I wanted to start a, start a discussion about Okay, once they're here, we got to try to help those teens who are having a hard time. My question is, what do you think, Tsipora, about um, you know about those who have not yet made Aliyah and they're contemplating it and they have older children? Uh, is should they do it? Um, is the danger that great? And from your experience. Uh, let us let us know what you what you feel about this. So I think it very much depends on the teen. The parents should really talk to their kids about it um, and see where they're at in their desire to to make the move because they are not going to have it easy. It's they're going to have to work very hard. They're going to have to learn to be their own advocate and get things done on their own. Um, and it's it's a lot. And so the the child himself, herself, really needs to want to do it and be able to work for it. So if they don't have that interest, then I don't even, I personally don't think um, it's a great idea to send that kid across the world um, to be able to to make Aliyah because it's very hard to succeed and go through this process, this journey, if they aren't willing to to help themselves. Wow. As a parent, I, I have to step in um, because there, there are a lot of decisions that parents make that are not necessarily popular. I would say that most of the decisions I make are not popular amongst my kids. <laughs> and, uh, and we still make these decisions because we understand that it's what is best for our kids. And often those decisions involve things like where we're going to live and, and, and which schools you're going to go to and and, uh, and, 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 and sometimes, and I've seen it many times, that kids that have uh, been very upset at, at the time, and it's understandable, again, like Moshe <coughs> said, you know, they're leaving behind all of their friends and their family, and, and they're coming thousands of miles away to a new school, to a new culture, to a new language. It's not easy, especially because it's a teen. Teens are not easy to begin with, and then you add on to that all this uh, transitioning. But that having been said, in the long run, I've seen many families that had 
a difficult time with their teens as teens, but as they grow, grew up, they really started to appreciate the decision, as we all often do, of our parents that they made. Um, and I think maybe, Sapari, you're probably a good example of that because it sounds to me like you had a difficult time, but now you understand the, how beautiful it was that your parents made Aliyah. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're definitely correct. I, it, there's been a lot of tears along the way, um, but thank God I am so thankful for my parents that we made the move at the time that we did. And it, it really much, as you said, parents need to just do what's best for their kids, and it might not seem like the easiest choice, but at the end of the day, a lot of times, a lot of times, and they end up being really thankful and grateful that they're able to be in Israel and coming at that age. We don't always do things because it's the ideal. The ideal is obviously to come to Israel uh, before you have children, before you're married, be, well, you know, right after you get oh, married, sure. when you just have very <laughs> small children. But if you if you have pushed it off until your kids are teens, you have to really think about whether it's worthwhile to make it. You know, make try to do it now. Or to push it off a few years. Pushing it off a few years also has its downsides because if your teen is already, for example, uh, graduated high school and 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 you know looking into colleges, um, then there's a good chance that they're going to be choose to stay behind and they're not going to have that opportunity exactly. to move to Israel. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Um, for, from your experience, uh, do uh, do you think that more people have had your Type of experience, or more people the the opposite. Meaning, you you appreciate it now. You've matured and you understand, and uh, you went through your own uh, you know little process. But uh, again, you've come out on top. Have uh, do you think the, where the majority? Um, so I think it really much depended. Like I'm looking back at all the people that I knew who made Aliyah. And I saw a very big difference between the ones who were working hard in high school and the ones who were just going with the flow and not really trying. And so the ones who did work hard and made it, they were the ones who have come to appreciate living here and want to stay here um, and continue being here more than than the others. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. It's uh, you know, for anybody, even somebody who you know, let's say someone makes aliyah uh, when they're, you know, when they, even when they're single or when they just got married and they're all gung ho and they're all, uh, you know, ready to, to to do it, and then you know they have a hard time, and you know there are those who who work through it and understand the goal and understand why they did it, and you know try to. F- work through or fight through the the hardships because you know we've said this on the show many times uh the rabbis tell us that eretz israel the land of israel is one of the three things that are acquired through suffering anybody who thinks that they're going to come and make aliyah and everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to work out and 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 they're going to have the most unbelievable life without any problems is in for a big surprise (laughs) exactly they're in for a big surprise so you know those who work hard at it uh uh, they reap the benefits uh, eventually afterwards, and those who don't, you know, you know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes the land of Israel uh, rejects people, and you know, is not uh, those people are not yet 
they're not yet ready for the land of Israel. I actually, I, there's someone in my community, I always like telling the story, that uh, I give shiurim at his house. He has a, every month, he has a shiur at his house. And, and one time, I didn't know this, you know, I knew he lives in our community, but I didn't know that they had tried Aliyah many, many years before and failed. And they went back to, they, they're from Australia, they went back to Australia, but they came back and tried again. And that to me was amazing. I don't think I've ever heard of somebody who did that. Usually it's, I tried it, I did my deal, I did my thing, didn't work out, forget well, it. Well, perseverance. But they, yeah, perseverance, that's what you need. You need perseverance. What about the yeah. whole topic of, uh, of soft landing versus hard landings, uh, moving to a community like Beit Shemesh or like uh, Ranana, places that have a large Anglo community, there's, there are those on the, that, that are on the side that say that that's the easiest way to move, with, especially with teens, because they will have uh, naturally friends that speak their language and they're called, familiar with their culture. On the other hand, there are others that argue the opposite and say that it's best to move to a community like mine that has the vast majority of, of Israelis. And the kids will be like thrown into the pool and they'll learn the language very quickly and it'll integrate much better because they are they are surrounded by Israeli uh, Israelis and Israeli culture. What are your thoughts about that? So really, wherever there's pluses and minuses to wherever you go, um, whichever turn you take. And my parents, I we moved to Ramapi Shemesh, which is very American. And so Socially, I was able to make a lot of friends, thank God, and it took some time. But if I can imagine being in a school with only Israeli speak, with only Hebrew speakers, I'm sure that would have been so much harder. Um, but on the other hand, integration into Israeli society, I do feel that I'm lacking in that aspect. I still very much feel American um, and would not necessarily fit in more with Israelis yet. Um, and so there's pluses and minuses. You have to, there's going to be ups and downs. And really just what I really want out of this website is to help in wherever the per, wherever the team is going to go, in Israeli community, American communities, then just to, to help them in, in any way. How can they find you if they're interested in looking? What is your website URL? How how can they uh, if they want to contact you? Is there contact information? What's the best uh, way yeah. that they can get information? So the website is called Team Survival Guide Aliyah dot com, um, and uh, you can also email me and reach out. On um, my email is Team Survival Guide Aliyah Gmail dot com. It's the same thing. Um, same as the website, and also you can try just Googling Teen Survival Guide to Aliyah. It comes up so, there as well. So, again, let, let me just read that out for, for anybody who didn't get that. That's one word, teensurvivalguidealiyah.com, teensurvivalguidealiyah.com, and over there you'll find... Uh, lots of information, what we discussed, different pages about tips and advice, about the, the blog, the pen, the pen pals, the Chavruta program, uh, information, resources, and all sorts of uh, good information for teens. And again, I would, I would highly recommend this site not only for teens, but I think that this is a great resource also for parents of teens or those that are thinking about Aliyah, those that are in the process of making Aliyah, or the ones that already have made Aliyah. 
I think that uh, that this is a great resource for everyone. I definitely agree with that. Although, again, I uh, I made Aliyah uh, single. I'm not single. I mean, just a couple, my wife and I. Um, but I've seen too many times uh, people come on Aliyah afterwards and have a very difficult time with their children. And uh, Tzipora, as I said before, you are doing amazing things. You should just continue. And we really uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. And Hatzlacha Rabbah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. In a time where feelings have become fact, where rational thought and common sense has disappeared, one man stands above it all. I'm Howie Sobaker, your political hitman. Local Hitman airs every Tuesday at 11.59 p.m. North American time, 7 a.m. Israeli time, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Are you interested in transforming your life, drawing closer to the Creator, and uncovering the deeper meanings and hidden treasures in the Hebrew Bible? Then join me, Rav Yitzhak Michelson, and me, William Hall, on the Science of Kabbalah, where we are seeking to narrow the gap between what we understand of our physical and spiritual worlds. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Israel Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged. Uh, we just had a fantastic interview with a really special young lady who uh, took her hardships uh, of making Aliyah as a teenager and has uh, turned it into such such a good positive energy and trying to help others get through it and uh, and you know she's really seen you know by the way the way the way this whole interview started is because she she came over to my house uh, a while ago she wanted to buy books from me she she heard about my books saw them somewhere and um, <clears throat> so she because she wants this for her site she wants people to understand that how how important it is to live in Israel. Because again, they are they are dragged along, but no one bothered telling them how great this mitzvah is, how how important it is for us to live in Israel. So she bought my books, and and she she just um, reached out to me that she wants to put uh, the introduction to my book, uh, "A Drop in the Ocean," on her website, which you'll see there. By the way, she just put it up. Um, so that was the uh, that was the introduction. So, but. I think this uh, this topic, this issue of when is the best time to make Aliyah, you know, to avoid all these problems, um, to make Aliyah and to have children here so that they don't even know what it means to live outside the land of Israel. They were born here and they're they're naturally Israeli, even though, by the way, I live in Beit Shemesh and my children speak a fluent English. Uh, I'm not saying they read English so well, but they certainly speak English perfectly. Uh, and but they still they still feel very very much Israeli, 
Um, and, they, and they have really the best of both worlds because they can speak English, which today's society, today's day and age, it's such an important thing to know English. And on the other hand, they're Israeli. And uh, they never, if, they don't know anything. If for nothing else, it's yeah. important to be able to still communicate with your family back uh, in, in the United Correct. States or wherever you're coming from. If you have Correct. grandparents, it's very important. And people shouldn't have that fear that they're going to come here and, and they're going to be completely cut off and their children are not going to be able to communicate with the family abroad because uh, it's done every day, especially in today's modern technology with Zoom and everything. It's uh, it's easier, easier than ever. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Uh, my uh, personally, I made Aliyah. I mean, I came as a single, but uh, eventually I went back and then I made official Aliyah with my wife and we were actually expecting our first child. But we we were very adamant about having our first child in Israel, even though it would have been much easier for everybody, especially for my uh, my parents and my in-laws, if we had had the baby in America, and then made Aliyah like a half a half a year later or something. But um, I always say over that one of the, one of the, or if not the most important reason why I decided to be a stickler and to make Aliyah and have even my first child, uh, and uh, subsequently all Baruch Hashem, Bli Ayn Hara, thank God, without uh, you know without an evil eye, um, all the, the other seven, altogether eight children, all, all being born in Israel. The reason why I did it was based on something in this week's Parsha, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't gone through the Parsha yet, but I'm pretty sure it was in this week's Parsha where we see the death of Rachel Imenu. Rachel dies in childbirth when she's giving birth to Binyamin. Um, and... The Midrash, <clears throat> the Midrash tells us, it asks the following question. Why was Binyamin uh, worthy to have the holy temple, the Beit HaMikdash, built in his territory? We know that Harabayit, Beit HaMikdash, is built in the territory of Binyamin. It's surrounded by Yehuda, but there, but uh, I'm sorry, there, there's a part of it that's Yehuda, but basically it's in Binyamin. And why was he uh, worthy of that? Why not some of the other tribes? You know, the Beit HaMikdash is a pretty, it's a pretty big and important part of the land of Israel. It's the most important part. So why did he get it? Of all the children, he's the youngest. So the Midrash tells us two reasons. First of all, Binyamin was the only uh, one of the tribes who was not involved in the sale of Yosef. All the other brothers were somehow involved in selling uh, their brother Yosef to slavery. Benjamin wasn't even there. He was back with his with his father, and, uh, and, and therefore he couldn't have been involved. So that's number one. But then the Midrash says also because he is the only one of the 10 tribes, of the 12 tribes, sorry, only one of the 12 tribes born in the land of Israel. All the other ones were born in last week's Parsha, where they, when Yaakov was in Haran with his brother, with his sorry father-in-law, his mother's, and yeah, his father-in-law and uncle, Lavan, <clears throat> and and they were all born outside the land of Israel. But Binyamin was born in Israel, and that's why he had the zechut, the merit to have the Beit Hamikdash born. So I said to myself, I didn't have the 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 privilege to be born in Israel, and that's something that I can't change. You and me cannot change where we were born. That was our parents' decisions. But 
but I can change where my, I can decide where my children are going to be born and give them that special zuchut, that special privilege and merit to be born in the land of Israel. And that's why I was very, very adamant that I want all my children to be born in Israel. Besides the fact that, like I said, it's so it's so much easier for them to grow up in, in the land of Israel and not, not know the other side, not know what it is to live outside the land of Israel. Um, so I, I think that, uh, that, that everyone, if they can, there's no question it's better and easier to make Aliyah when you're younger before you really started a family. And even if you started the family, just don't keep pushing it off. Don't say, I'll make another, another million dollars, another $20,000. <throat> it's not going to make a difference. What's going to make a difference is how your children acclimate. And the younger you, they are when they come, the better and easier it's going to be. So I actually had uh, I had both experiences because I came to Israel as a single and I got married here in Israel and I had three children here in Israel. But then we went back to the States uh, for a number of years, a good uh, almost decade, uh, where I did my graduate work and uh, and was involved in, in different things over there. And then we came back. Now, first of all, I have to say that it's not easy and it's not uh, typical for people that have made what it's called Yerida and they've left the country to give it another chance and come back again. So we, we feel very privileged that we were uh, merited to do that and we were able to come back. But when we came back, we had another three children. So now we're coming back with six kids and our younger kids are already teens. Now, this is an interesting situation because our teens were, uh, were even though they were born here in Jerusalem, they were born in Israel they pretty much grew up their entire childhood in the United States. So they felt completely American. In fact, they tell us that we, being the Zionist parents that we were um, and are, we constantly spoke about the fact that we're going to move back to Israel. We're moving back to Israel. And after a while, year went by and another year and another year, and they're hearing this over and over again. Finally, we sell our house and we, 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 we get on, we pack all our things and we get on a plane and our kids said to us that they never believed us that we really meant it. They thought <laughs> that we were just like all the other American Jews that said when Mashiach comes, we're, of course, we're going back to Israel, we're going back to Israel. But they didn't think we really meant it, that they were going to get on a plane and go back to Israel. They were in shock wow. when we actually went back to Israel. Wow. Um, and, and, and we had the experience of, of having to transition these teens, uh, in, in, and that's why they were sent to an English language uh, high school. Ironically, my three older kids that were born here do not have a, nearly as good a Hebrew as my three younger kids that were born in the United States for that exact reason, because they were they grew up here. And within six months, they were completely acclimated and, and, and fluent in the language and the culture. But uh, but it's something that is doable and it's something I don't I don't want to I don't want people to leave this show. Uh, getting the, the the idea that if they're stuck, you know, they're, I, I'm reminded of my, my uh, former Rosh Hashiva of mine uh, that used to be against biographies of, of great rabbis. And the reason he was against this is because if you open up these books that are written about all the great rabbis, it always starts off saying that the rabbi, by the age of three, he already knew the, the whole Torah rabbi heart. And by the age of six, he knew he knew all of the uh, all of the, the Talmud and, 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 and it goes on. And, and, and you and you're, you're a boy that's in yeshiva, that's a teenager, is reading this book and saying, you know what, I'm I'm already 16 years old and I don't ha I, I didn't have this background. Clearly, I cannot be 
a great rabbi someday because I don't, just don't have what it takes. And so he was against it. And, and, and likewise, when, when people speak about uh, children coming back to Israel, just because ideally you should come before you're, you know, as soon as you can, when, you know, even if before you're married, as soon as you get married and you should have kids here and raise your kids here. But if you happen to be in a position where you already have kids and older kids and teen kids, you sh that shouldn't be the reason you don't come. Again, it's not going to be easy and nobody should nobody should whitewash it and pretend like it's easy. But there are a lot of resources. I would say there's more resources than ever before for these types of people, including Sapporo's website, uh, to help teens transition. And and it's really, really important to understand that it's doable. And it's something that, again, many times I've seen that teens that, that were brought here against their will and they were against it uh, at the time. Later on, I'll just tell you a quick story about one of my, my, my oldest daughter that uh, she used to tell us how she hates it here and it's terrible and it's 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 and then she would go back and be a counselor. She was a counselor in the in camps in the in the states. So she would go back to be a counselor, and we would speak to the the administration in the camp, and they would say, "Yeah, she's a big Zionist. She's going around saying how great Israel is. She loves it there." And I'm like, we're we're giving two different sides of the story over here. What she's telling us is not exactly what she's telling everybody else. But uh, yeah, it, it it's not easy, and there's definitely what to work on. But right. thank Let me God. just, if I could just say yeah, one ahead. quick thing before, finish, we, finish before we have to finish. Just, I think that what you did, though, was the right thing in that in that you talked about it all the time. At least it's not just one day you say, oh, kids, we're moving. You have to, like, slowly, every Shabbat, about the importance of living here. You have to read from the, my book, Eretz Yisrael and the Parsha. Someone actually did that before they made Aliyah. Every Shabbos, they would read a Dvar Torah about Eretz Yisrael so they'd understand why their parents are doing this. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you again next week. can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from Leak City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Norris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 
news, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.